0: Hello, I'm Angelina.
1: And I'm Martin.
0: And this is the CX Cast.
1: Today, we are joined by Corrine Cardona-Smith, who's a senior analyst at Forrester in Europe. And Corrine has been looking at the auto industry, CX Index. Now, we've just done a big study of Forrester CX Index in Europe for banking, for insurance, and the auto industry as well. And one of the things we found very, very clearly this year is that there's not a lot of differentiation in the auto experience, either the purchase or service experience, and that a lot of the vendors, a lot of the manufacturers in Europe are competing on product and features, not on experience or not on digital. So I guess that's where I want to start, Karine, is in the research you've been doing, or just in general, why should auto manufacturers care about experience?
2: I think there is a big trend that we can see right now coming from a change in regulation, particularly in Europe, with, you know, efforts towards more sustainability that is starting to bring a different point of view towards the car. Do you have to own a car or can you actually use a shared car? You're not owning it as a product, but you're using it as a service. And a lot of cities are currently implementing tax benefits for sustainable vehicles owners or offering more space for shared services to have some hubs in the city to facilitate that transition to greener cars, currently electric ones. So from that point of view, if people are starting to have an offering that is allowing them to not necessarily have to buy a car to be able to use one, then for a car manufacturer, that means you should start thinking about car as a service. A few of them have some subscription models already where you can get a short-term lease for a car and you can change model if you need to. But there's still a lot of, I think, attachment to that idea of the car being a freedom symbol, that you have to own one to feel free. So I I don't know what's the time frame that we can predict to see that big shift. But I think it's starting to happen in the market. The sharing industry is very dynamic. And I can see in Europe a lot of cities implementing new joiners to the market So what we've seen
1: in other industries and what we've seen with our CX Index results over the years is that in industries where customers have a lot of choice and switching costs are low, differentiation really matters. But if you're in a lock-in industry, you can differentiate only one, but customers are stuck with you. So kind of what you're describing here is we used to buy cars on like a four-year lease or we used to buy a capital asset and keep it for a long time. But access to cars in this kind of on-demand way is lowering the switching costs for consumers therefore the importance of experience increases is that fair
2: i think so i think it's fair to look at it this way and that means that obviously the in-car experience that you have is part of the experience so the product in some ways will still matter but it's not going to be the center point of that experience it's just part of it the experience itself will be probably to go from one point to the other in the best condition that you can. So looking at it as a journey, a transportation journey, more than owning that, that product.
1: Yeah, I think that unlocks a core piece of the whole design ethos, sort or of whatever. where you don't own a car. Well, some people do own a car because they want to own the car, like a classic car or something, but broadly people own a car because they want to take their kids to the football match or go on holiday, or the need is something different for actual ownership of the vehicle.
2: It is. And the the question of the availability of a vehicle when you need it, it's a bit of a chicken and egg issue, right? If you have certainty that you can get the car that you need at the moment where you need it, because the infrastructure is offering enough vehicles for you to be sure that you have one when you need it, then would you really need to own it? I'm not sure about that. But currently, if there's like different players in each city, The infrastructure is not where it should be yet to give you that guarantee. There's obviously some moments during rush hours where you're not sure to have a car and you'd better have three or four different apps from the providers available in your region where you could get a car. So the question about the ownership and the move to a future where probably the infrastructure will be there and the vehicles will be available when we need them might be not very far away, but we're not there yet. Um, So it's still valid to have a need of owning a vehicle and also outside urban areas, right, where those services are not there.
0: When I was in my 20s and my employer provided Zipcar membership and it was all the rage to rent a Zipcar for a couple hours, it became less about which car we were using and more about what you're describing. When, why, what do I need? How many people are going to sit in this car? Am I moving a sofa? Does that fundamentally change how we think about the experience? Because when you're shopping for a car, you're thinking maybe about something grander than immediate needs. Maybe you're thinking about, you know, what's the inspirational brand? What's the lifestyle I'm, I'm trying to achieve? And maybe the reality is I'm going to soccer matches, but I'd like to think that I'm taking my Jeep through rugged terrain. Does this change the landscape of car features and even the marketing itself to know that people are just meeting immediate needs versus trying to attain a lifestyle?
2: I don't know. I think there is we interviewed car owners about, you know, their relationship to their cars. And I do think there's a very definite distinction between some who are very attached to have their own car and they're the only ones using it, or that they actually can leave stuff in the car for next time. And then at the opposite, we do have those users who are actually happy to try new models every time they rent one and kind of enjoy discovering new models and the comfort or the differences in the car they can use. Recently, I actually thought that when we look back into how we're moved from the pandemic to a work environment where we have adopted a flex environment, we moved from owning a desk to just borrowing an available desk. I think it was easier for some of us compared to others who like to have their stuff in their desk. So I'm getting the feeling that the resistance and the behavior towards owning that car or just borrowing one are quite similar. And they might look difficult for those of us who are attached to owning the car. But I'm getting the feeling that Generations who might have started using Zip cars and six chair and all the green mobility players out there might consider it a little bit differently.
0: So, then what would make a good experience here? Because it's obviously not just when you're actually driving the car and experiencing the features, it's
2: from the moment you decide you have a need to fulfill. Yeah, so we're not talking about the availability. We're going to assume that you do have a vehicle that is available for you to use, right? Because without vehicle, there's not even the start of an experience or there's just a bad experience. I think there are really four different drivers that create a good experience. The first one is the onboarding. So how do you start your journey and not just your journey onboarding to the service provider you're going to use, but also on every new car, you know, figuring out Where's the start button? Where do you put the key? How do you unhook it from a charging station or hook it up? Those elements are really about getting started with your journey. Then there's the pricing. And I do think that with the inflation we're seeing and a lot of attention to different dynamic pricing models make it quite hard for a customer to figure out how much is this going to cost me? If you're renting by the minutes or by the hour, it's still quite simple to estimate what a journey will cost you. A lot of players are right now combining time and distance, so making it per minute price with an additional per kilometer price. And that makes it extremely hard to estimate or to even be able to compare between one provider to another one A few players make that really simple to help you estimate your pricing and what each journey is going to cost you. They're making that much easier compared to others. So definitely offering that clarity on the pricing is going to win experiences over making it super complicated to to calculate. The third pillar that I see is the user experience that you have with your mobile app. That's the remote that is going to open the car, help you get it started, or close that journey. If the app is clunky, not responding well, definitely you're not going to have as good as experience compared to an app that is easy to use, very simple, reliable. And then the fourth pillar that I see is the access to customer service. When you do have something happening to you, particularly if you're paying by the minute, as soon as you do have an issue, you know that you know, it's kind of like a TikTok tock in your head, you're thinking, okay, every minute that I'm struggling with finding a way to unhook the car from his charging station, for instance, I'm also paying for it. So you want to be able to reach out to an agent to help you when something is happening. And so does that agent recognize you when you phone does know already which car you're renting? You know, can that be really fast and quick makes a difference.
1: So we talked about mobility access services and car sharing things, but we, we know the dominant way that people still access vehicles is buying them, leasing them, owning them, essentially. And most of the cars come with apps. Do customers care? Do they use them? I'll I self-confess, like my car is 15 years old and is utterly non-digital. and I'm happy with that. But how do people feel about that?
2: They're not feeling that good about their car manufacturers' apps, actually. We conducted research on the value that customers would see in those apps they told us that they were not really covering their needs, offering some very limited capabilities, sometimes not being very reliable. I remember a customer telling us, my app has a geolocalization feature, but actually it's not working well. And the day where my car got towed, the app was still showing the car parked where I left it. So I had no idea where the car was. (laughs) So, We can look at it as probably a design issue, right? I am not sure that car manufacturers, when they're developing those apps, actually take the right approach to understand what are customers needing. If there's information in the car that is available, is it really valuable to also develop an app to give you the same information? Probably not. So there are definitely some interesting features that people see as valuable when they can start the heating from a distance. If it's very cold in winter and you want to arrive to your car, that is a bit more comfortable. So a couple of features that customers enjoy, but I am getting the feeling that there's still a lack of value somewhere. And I am not sure the way the app is seen in that ecosystem of your driving experience is put at the right place. It should not be an extra manual or something that is just a digital version of a few information, there's no value in that. But I'm not sure car manufacturers have figured out what could be a good app experience in that more holistic perspective.
0: Yes, and I've I've seen that where the app experience isn't connected to the customer service experience, isn't connected to, in this case, in the in-vehicle experience so thinking about the full journey when developing these apps obviously makes a lot of sense versus just trying to piece together some digitization of what we think they want other than unlocking the car and that makes me think that in terms of user needs there are some generalizations here beyond the auto industry you may have encountered some themes and said ah, i've seen this before elsewhere or even just there's a paradigm shift you're seeing any observations in this research that is relevant outside of this industry
2: yeah i think if you're looking into what are our users trying to achieve right if you're a car manufacturer and you're looking into a journey experience the journey being a transportation journey and what's the role that an app could play there, or the vehicle itself, and how do you combine the different types of interactions, the ones that are digital, the ones that are more tangible. The way to get this understanding and to find that sweet spot that is going to create value for your customers is, is still relying on a, a design process that should you know, explore the needs of your customers and try to identify what would make sense looking at their perspective on that journey and not not a product-led perspective. That's something that is applicable to any industry. I am not sure why car manufacturers are not doing it better, because they have been for a long time developing cars with more electronics, more, I mean, there's a lot of electronics in the car right now. It's not just pieces of metal moving together. So they could have thought about connected services and how a car could fit into people's lives and what's the role of that car, but they're missing that piece. So anybody who's now in an industry that is very product-focused, I think can learn from what we're seeing in that mobility space of what would that mean if there's a shift from a product-based relationship to a more service-based relationship. If that product is shared because of sustainable reasons, maybe because of trends that we're seeing in consumer behaviors who are more prone to share things and use them rather than to own them. That's a big shift. And I think everybody in every industry could think about it right now. And the way to do it is to take that customer lens and go on the field, explore what consumers are expecting and understand what could drive value for them in a use relationship, not in an owning relationship.
0: Kareem, where can listeners find the
2: research on this topic? So we do have a couple of reports that you can find on Forrester's websites. There's a report on what the future of free-floating mobility that looks into car and Muppets sharing services. We do have some data snapshots on the European market because we looked into how cities in Europe were doing. So there are a couple of reports looking into those data points. There's also a webinar that is dedicated to the drivers of a good mobility experience with lots of examples of apps that we also reviewed. So there's a lot of things out there that you can find on Forrester's website and a couple of blogs as well following the automotive show in Paris recently.
0: Amazing. Green, thank you so much for joining today. Thanks
2: a lot for inviting me.
1: And thank you to producers Ellie and Julia, without whom none of this would happen. If you want to get in touch, email us at cxcast@forrester.com. at Message us on Twitter at CX underscore cast. And as always, you can find us at www.thecxcast.com or on your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to like and subscribe and tune in next time for more CX Insights.